There is a coming judgment. God, the scripture, grace, and the gospel do not say, oh, that's okay. It's not that bad. We can just let that one go. Rather, we're reminded that Christ comes back as judge of the living and the dead. How do we view that Christ? How do we understand that coming judgment? And how, in the face of it, do we possibly have hope? That's the focus of this first Sunday in Advent. But it's rooted in a truth that is true throughout the Scripture. A truth that acknowledges the reality of our brokenness and struggle. A truth that acknowledges the reality of our darkness. It's not a Pollyanna that simply says, oh, it's all right. It's not a Pollyanna that denies the reality of our brokenness. It's a promise from God to deal with the reality of our brokenness. And because we know God is coming as judge of the living and the dead, because we know the return of Christ is ahead of us, we prepare. But how do we prepare? Or maybe I should put it another way. How are we prepared for that coming judgment? It's not like the scripture for us to deny the realities of our lives, but to face them, to acknowledge them. You know, there are times in my life when I think, you know, things would be pretty good if you would just change a little bit. If you could just stop messing my life up, I'd be fine. Do you ever live in that place of self-delusion? The truth of the matter is we, in this season of Advent, take a realistic look at who we are and what we are about our brokenness and our struggle. We acknowledge the darkness of our world and we take great joy in the promise that God will come and deal with it. That the judge will come and make things right. That a part of wiping away every sorrow, every tear, is getting rid of evil. And believe it or not, that will start in your heart as it moves off then into the rest of the world. And for us in Christ, it starts in our hearts right now. It doesn't wait till that final day. It begins as Christ, through his Holy Spirit, is at work in and through us. Hope, not in spite of judgment, but hope that recognizes that when the judgment comes, we have the grace of God. We have been redeemed. We, though we acknowledge our sin, have been made right. Therefore, we have this anticipatory hope. Hope that knows in in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the darkness of our lives, in the midst of the brokenness in our world, God wins. 
God is here. God cares. And God will carry us forward into that new promised reality. So we live with a confident expectation of the coming Christ. That anticipatory hope is sometimes difficult for us. Often the look in the mirror or the look at the circumstances in which we find ourselves, the struggle that we have in our relationships at work, at home, in the neighborhood, wherever you find those hardships facing you, wherever you're looking down that dark tunnel and do not see light at the end, that's the time when we need to lean into the promise of God. And that's what happens in our text today. God's people recognize the brokenness of the world. They see what's coming, and yet they say to God who is almighty, God who is holy, God who is all-powerful, come. For from the days of old they have not heard or perceived by ear, nor has the eye seen a God besides you who acts in behalf of the one who waits for him. We talk about Advent as a time to prepare, a time, a time to uh, get ready. But, but in truth, it's, it's God who makes us right. In truth, what we're waiting for is for God to work in our hearts, in our lives, and in our world. And he does so now, in the days to come, and in that final future of hope. And so again, we do not deny the reality. We accept these words. Listen again to Isaiah. All of us have become like something unclean. And all our righteous acts are like a polluted garment. All of us wither like a leaf. And our iniquities carry us away like the wind. Part of this season of Advent is repentance. Repentance, uh, I know that most people think about repentance as being sorry for my sins, feeling, feeling sorrow for the things I've done wrong or the things I failed to do. But, but the, at the heart of repentance is a, is a second look at our lives and at our world around us. It's a second look that, that causes us to think again from the perspective of God who determines what is right and wrong. See, in the first look, you probably justified that behavior. I couldn't do that, I'm too busy. I couldn't do that, it was too expensive. Or I had to do that, I didn't have any choice. I, 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 was, I was stuck in the circumstance. So, so, you know, it's really not that bad. It's just a little white lie. It's just a, a little mistake. But the second look, when I see the things that I've done and I failed to do, and I see it from the perspective of God, again, the word of God is not, oh, don't worry, that's okay. A holy God sees sin for what it is. Evil, broken, selfish, unredeemable by us. We cannot make it right. And so, we turn to God. And so, we, we turn to a God who has loved us, 
who has claimed us and said we are his own, a God who in fact redeem us. Listen to these words again from Isaiah as he goes on. Yet, O Lord, in spite of that truth, in spite of that filthy rags, yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hands. You see, brothers and sisters in Christ, again, it's not about making ourselves right with God. It's about recognizing that God makes us right with him. He is at work in our lives. And yes, he's going to convict us of our sin when we've done something wrong so that we can see it, so that we can acknowledge it, and so that we can acknowledge the grace and forgiveness that he brings as he is indeed our redeemer. But in those days, following that stress, that distress, that's how our gospel begins. God isn't saying life is easy. The scripture does not teach that life is easy. Where are you today? Is it fairly easy? Anybody? Fairly easy today? Doing all right? Kind of coasting? Not too bad? No one wants to raise their hand. Interesting. Is it tough? Is it a struggle? Are you aware of not only where you fall short, but where life seems to fall short? where the people around you are disappointing you or maybe even betraying you? How tough is it? Don't be surprised. In those days, following that distress, what happens? Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. God might suddenly arrive and deliver you. Has he done it before? He sure has for me. Have things all of a sudden rectified in a way that you could not even imagine? He's done it for me. There are ways that God shows up in little ways right now as well as in that ultimate way at the end when all of it gets dealt with, when all of the evil and all of the sin gets taken away. In the meantime, in little ways, he comes and he acts and he moves in us and through us to make today a little bit better, to give today a little bit of hope, to build in us an anticipatory hope for what is ultimately to come. And we are confident because he is faithful. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given to you. Why am I thanking God for you? Because of his grace, because you are redeemed, because you are whole. Because of what God has done for you. See, again, while we acknowledge the truth of the struggle, we acknowledge even, formal, even more so the promise and faithfulness of God. The love and goodness of God to redeem, to make you whole, to, to bring things back together. And so we live and we respond, even in the midst of the darkness, with this faithful anticipatory hope. Not faith because I think I'm going to do any better, but faith because I know that God is able and God desires and God in fact promises to do that for us and for his people. I always thank God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. Listen, for in him you have been enriched in every way in all of your speaking and in all of your knowledge. God is already blessing and enriching us. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait for the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. You know, 
usually, when I'm in a position of waiting, I think I'm lacking something. Someone's not there yet. Something has not come yet, and I'm waiting for it to arrive because when it arrives, I'm hoping I am going to be satisfied, filled, that my need is going to be met. But do you hear this promise in the Scripture? Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait. You already have what you need as you anticipate what God is going to do. And so you wait with that hope, with that joy that not only allows you to find strength and courage to face life, but allows you to extend that to those people who are around you. Advent hope is rooted in reality, but rooted even more fully in the promise and the goodness of God. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son Jesus Christ our Lord who are you? you're not the person that fell short you're not the person that failed to do what God asked you to do you're not the person with those thoughts that you hope nobody finds out you were thinking you are one who's been called into the fellowship with the Son into God's family. And in just a few moments, you are invited to come to this altar rail to receive the bread and wine, to receive Christ anew and his promise, and to remember that that promise of forgiveness, that promise of redemption, that promise of hope is for you. And so we receive it and we're transformed by it and we're empowered to move to this place of anticipatory hope for the goodness of God is being poured out in our lives and in our world and in our eternity. We live with that anticipatory hope. We live with Advent hope. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please stand.